When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Dad, I'm broke. Hey, broke. I'm Dad. Dad. Okay, don't you have cash saved up from babysitting? No, I spent it. I want my own bank account from S&T Bank. They offer free ATMs, Zelle, and an annual scholarship. Plus, when I open a Smart Start checking account, I get $100. See? I'm responsible. Hey, responsible. I'm Dad. Visit stbank.com slash smartstart for details. Bonus available July 1st through September 30th, 2022. Opening deposit balance of $50 required. Member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry 21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Americans have always had a love-hate relationship with outlaws, from the folk heroes of the Old West to the mafioso of the 20th century and beyond. Jesse James was the subject of dime novels depicting him as a heroic figure long before he was killed by Bob Ford. Wyatt Earp was well acquainted with both sides of the law. The roving criminal gangs of the Depression years became national figures, with some openly rooting for them to elude the lawmen who pursued them through the Midwest. Bonnie and Clyde were romanticized despite the spree of murders they carried out, some simply brutal executions of lawmen. Following the 1930s, organized crime became less actions by small roving bands and more of a business ruled by bosses notorious for their ruthlessness. Individual thugs such as Dillinger, Babyface Nelson, Bonnie and Clyde were all replaced by criminals who were less likely to be killers themselves, but more than willing to order murder done. Robbing banks was replaced with robbing citizens through loan sharking, confidence games, gambling, drugs, prostitutions, and the corruption of businesses and labor unions. 
gangster wars in which criminals killed each other and replaced the gunfights between policemen and criminals, and lawyers became the nemesis for the gangsters. These are ten of the most notorious gangsters in American history. Number ten, Arnold Rothstein, the first to run organized crime as a business. His fellow gangsters were so impressed with the mental acuity of Arnold Rothstein that he was nicknamed the Brain. Rothstein emerged from the Jewish mob in New York before Prohibition and was widely suspected of fixing sports events in order to profit from gambling on them. Boxing matches, baseball, horse racing, dog racing, and other events were manipulated by Rothstein through a network of criminals who he employed full-time, as well as enforcers to whom he turned when it was perceived that disciplinary measures were called for. It was Rothstein who most likely arranged the fixed World Series involving the Black Sox in 1919, though neither the fix nor his involvement have ever been proved. Rothstein was one of the first to exploit prohibition through bootlegging, and the organization he built for the purpose included many of the famous underworld names of the period. Legs Diamond, Dutch Schultz, Meyer Lansky, Charles Luciano, later known as Lucky, were all part of his criminal enterprises. He became the arbiter of disputes between various gangs, and his decisions were respected as final. Rothstein was killed when he refused to pay a debt he incurred from a poker game, which he alleged was rigged. He refused to identify the gunman as he lay dying, telling the police that they should stick to their business and he would stick to his. The breakup of his criminal empire led to many of the gang wars of the 1930s. Number 9. Al Capone used the widespread corruption of Chicago's government to build his empire. The original Scarface Rose, if that is the word from the tough New York City gangs of five points to become a bouncer in mob-controlled brothels in the city before moving to Chicago as a personal bodyguard to gangster and bootlegger Johnny Torrio. A gang war between the city's north and south side gangs led to Torrio being almost killed. Wisely choosing retirement, he handed his control in the south side to Capone, who ruthlessly expanded his operations, becoming the leader supplier of illegal booze in Chicago as well as seizing control of illegal rackets, brothels, and a large segment of the city government. At the same time, Capone harbored the goodwill of many citizens through soup kitchens, offers of employment, and other activities which brought him the reputation of a new Robin Hood. Capone flaunted his wealth with expensive suits, jewelry, cars, women, and food. He purchased entire trains of sleeping cars to carry himself and his entourage to Florida vacations. Though his increasing paranoia led him to doubt all but his closest associates. How many murders can be laid at his feet is debated. Though his guilt in ordering and planning the famed St. Valentine's Day Massacre is well established. Whether he once beat three former associates to death with a baseball bat is debated by scholars. Though such an act was certainly within character for the gangster. Capone died from syphilis after serving a term in federal custody for tax evasion. But the criminal empire he found, known as the Outfit, continues to operate in Chicago to this day. Number 8. Charles Luciano, creating the modern criminal organization known as the Mob. Charles Lucky Luciano was another tough street punk who was mentored by Arnold Rothstein, along with his fellow gangster Vito Genovese, Joe Massari, Frank Costello, and others in the criminal pantheon of the 1930s. Besides teaching Luci Luciano the Rudiments of operating a crime syndicate featuring bootleg liquor, brothels, and a numbers rackets, Austin taught his young charge how to scour off the marks of the street hood and become accepted in polite society. 
Luciano became as comfortable ordering dinner in New York's finest restaurants as he was buying a hot dog at Nathan's. By the mid-1920s, Luciano was one of Joe Masseri's most trusted aides. Luciano returned that trust by having him killed with one of the gunmen, a thug by the name of Benjamin Bugsy Siegel. It was not Luciano who first organized the five families of the Cosa Nostra, as is widely believed. Salvatore Maranzano deserves that bow, and after placing Luciano at the head of one of the five families, Luciano had him killed. He then reorganized the five families, setting up the commission to resolve disputes without violence. After many years of investigations, federal prosecutors led by Thomas E. Dewey finally convicted him on charges of pandering in 1936. From federal prison, he continued to control organized crime in New York and New Jersey, and in 1942, he entered into a secret agreement with the U.S. government to ensure the docks of New York and New Jersey remained in operation. And he used his Sicilian mob contacts to obtain information beneficial to the Allies during the invasions of Sicily and Italy. He was deported to Sicily after the war, relocating to Havana, then back to Italy, where he continued to control organized crime for many years until his death in Naples in 1962. Number 7. Dutch Schultz was one of Luciano's greatest competitors in New York. Born Arthur Simon Flegenheimer, the gangster took the more manageable name of Dutch Schultz while rising to power in New York's Jewish gangs of the 1920s. Schultz's criminal career began when he started robbing craps games on the streets in New York. The name Schultz came from his brief period as a driver for Schultz Trucking Company. By the mid-1920s, Schultz was working as a bouncer and enforcer for establishments owned by associates of the Italian gangs. In 1928, Arnold Rothstein was shot and eventually died from his wounds. It was widely believed that Schultz, by then a powerful New York bootlegger, had ordered the hit as retaliation for a fatal attack on his partner, Joey No. No one was ever convicted for Rothstein's murder. Schultz committed several murders himself, one of which was of Jules Maduluski, known as Julie Martin. Schultz killed Martin by shooting him in the mouth before witnesses to whom he apologized for killing someone in front of them. After having his operations crippled by aggressive prosecutions by Thomas Dewey, Schultz appealed to the commission for permission to kill Dewey. Denied, he ordered a hit on Dewey anyway, which failed. Luciano, desirous of taking over Schultz's operation, used the disobedience as an excuse to have Schultz eliminated. In October 1935, Schultz was shot by gunmen working for Murder, Inc., a legend soon arose that Schultz had secreted over $7 million in cash and bonds in a safe buried in the Catskills. The safe, if there, was one that had never been found. Number 6. John Dillinger was the king of the roving gangs of the 1930s. The Depression era featured roving gangs of outlaws who crisscrossed the Midwest, robbing banks and stores, engaging in violent and spectacular shootouts with local law enforcement. The gangsters included names which became legendary. Bonnie and Clyde, Babyface Nelson, Pretty Boy Floyd, Machine Gun Kelly, and the king of them all, John Dillinger. Dillinger was involved in spectacular jail breakouts, robberies, which were marked by shootouts with the criminals armed with submachine guns, automatic rifles, car chases, ambushes, and frequent disappearances. He attempted to alter his appearance through plastic surgery, sent taunting letters to police and newspapers, and became enamored by the public after his stated goal of not stealing from the common man, but from banks who robbed the people. Dillinger and his gang, of which there were several variations, 
robbed over two dozen banks over the course of less than one year, during which they also robbed police stations and armories in search of weapons, as well as stores and gas stations. Stealing a car was a commonplace occurrence for the gang. During a year of violence, Dillinger was charged with but one homicide. Though members of the gang committed several others, it was the pursuit of Dillinger which led the small U.S. Bureau of Investigation to grow into the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Killed by law enforcement after he was betrayed by a brothel owner hoping to avoid deportation, Dillinger became a legend in life which grew after his violent death. He's been portrayed in films numerous times since with Warren Oates, Robert Conrad, Mark Harmon, and Johnny Depp, among several others, adding their interpretation of his life to his myth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Number five, Frank Costello was called the Prime Minister of the Underworld. Born in Italy and growing up in New York's East Harlem neighborhood where his father operated a small store, Costello began his criminal career at the age of 13, or at least that's what it that was his age when he first drew the attention of the police. Another of the criminal students of Arnold Rothstein, Costello joined a gang which included Bugsy Siegel, Mayor Lansky, Vito Genovese, and which committed robberies, extortion, loan sharking, bookmarking, bookmaking, excuse me, and the sale of narcotics. When Prohibition began, their contacts and their strong arm tactics were useful to Rothstein and the bootlegging networks, which emerged during the so-called Great Experiment. Costello managed to survive the organized crime wars of the late 1930s and emerged as a leading associate of Lucky Luciano. Luciano appointed Genovese as the head of the family when the former went to prison. When the latter fled to Sicily to avoid prosecution on a murder charge in 1937, Costello became the boss. Throughout the 1940s, Costello grew the family's illegal activities and brought in huge profits, including from operating fixed horse races in California through his associate Bugsy Siegel. In the 1950s, Costello became nationally famous when he testified before the televised committee hearings which gave the public a glimpse into the underworld. Costello survived several prosecutions for tax evasion and contempt of Congress and an, and an assassination attempt by Genovese in 1956. He retired the following year, maintained a residence in the Waldorf Astoria until his death in 1973. Number four. Bugsy Siegel and the birth of Las Vegas as a gambling mecca. Bugsy Siegel is often depicted as a victim of the mob, angered by his failure to generate immediate profits from his new casino, paid for with mafia money. Siegel was in fact one of the New York mob's most violent and ruthless hitmen who helped found the notorious killing machine Murder Incorporated. A boyhood fr friend of Al Capone, Siegel became well known for his abilities with knives, guns, and the Garrett, and his willingness to use them for both pay and his personal satisfaction. His prowess as a hitman put his own life in danger, and in 1933, Siegel made the first of what became several trips to California, eventually settling there in the late 1930s with the intent of extending East Coast criminal enterprises to the West Coast. Siegel used strong-arm backing from New York to take over LA's numbers and 
bookmaking activities. Siegel hobnobbed with Hollywood royalty in California, becoming somewhat of a celebrity himself, as he appeared in public with the likes of Gary Cooper, Clark Gable, Cary Grant, and a variety of starlets. In the 1940s, he began construction of the Flamingo in Las Vegas, using mob money and promising huge profits when the casino opened. They failed to appear as promised. At the same time, Siegel skimmed profits from other mob operations on the West Coast he was responsible for, diverting the money into the Flamingo and into his own profit pockets. Excuse me. By late winter 1947, the Flamingo, after opening, closing, and reopening to great publicity, was delivering a small profit. But the mob bosses were tired of waiting. Siegel was killed by long-range rifle shots while in the home of his girlfriend, Virginia Hill. June 20th, 1947. The Triggerman, who killed the former hitman, was never identified. Johnny Roselli, number three, was recruited by the CIA in the early 1960s. Johnny Roselli's criminal career began in the Chicago of Al Capone, while Capone was still working as a bodyguard. Born Filippo Sacco Roselli insinuated himself into the film industry in California and was later heavily involved in extortion activities against Hollywood producers. By the 1940s, he was well known as an enforcer for the Chicago outfit. It was Roselli who, under orders from the outfit, ordered Columbia Pictures' Harry Cohn to offer a contract to a young and unknown actress who had caught the eye of outfit boss Tony Accardo. Cohn, under pressure from Roselli, complied. The name of the young actress was Marilyn Monroe. In the 1960s, Roselli was involved with CIA attempts to kill Fidel Castro in Cuba. He was a known associate of Frank Sinatra, who sponsored Roselli's membership in the Friars Club, where Roselli was soon involved in cheating at cards in a widespread scam. In the 1970s, he was linked to an alleged conspiracy in the murder of JFK, as well as the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. He testified to the House Committee investigating the Kennedy assassination in 1975, Days before Sam Giancana was scheduled to testify, Giancana was shot and killed before he could appear. In 1976, Roselli was called before the committee to testify a second time, but he could not be found. In, eight, in August 1976, a dismembered body was discovered in a steel barrel floating near Miami in Dumbfounding Bay. Who killed him has yet to be determined. This episode of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast is sponsored by Hunter Killer. Hunter Killer is a immersive murder mystery game delivered to your door. Each box contains witness statements, evidence, and other documents to help you solve the murder. Check them out today at huntakiller.com and use the promo code TCNS for 20% off your first box. I love them, and I know true crime fans like yourself will like them too. Check them out today. Now let's get back to our countdown. Number two, Whitey Bulger. He enjoyed the protection of the FBI while committing multiple murders. Few thugs in American history were as remorseless and ruthless as James Joseph Bulger Jr. Bulger hated the nickname Whitey, preferring to be called Jimmy. He was eventually indicted for 19 murders based on eyewitness testimony of associates. Though he probably killed several more. He supported IRA terrorists with both money and weapons, operated loan sharking, bookmaking, narcotics rings, and other criminal activities, all while serving as an informant for the FBI. He gave the FBI information regarding the operations of the Italian Mafia in South Boston 
in exchange for which the FBI looked the other way regarding Bulger's activities. Eventually, FBI agent John Connolly tipped Bulger about his pending arrest, giving the murder and extortionist time to flee. Bulger evaded justice for more than a decade, during which time he was second only to Osama bin Laden on the list of ten most wanted fugitives. Throughout his criminal career, Bulger had stashed funds and false identity documents which helped him in his flight. Captured in 2013, he was convicted of more than 30 felonies, including being involved in 11 murders. He was sentenced to two life terms plus 10 years and transferred from one federal prison to another, before being sent to Hazleton, a high-security federal prison in the mountains of West Virginia, known to its residents as Misery Mountain. Within a few hours of his arrival, Whitey Bulger was beaten to death by inmates while using a heavy padlock secured in his sock as a weapon. His eyes were nearly gouged out and his tongue cut through. Organized crime, signs of the victim having been an informant. And finally, at number one, we have Leroy Nicky Barnes, the creator of the African-American mob in Harlem. Nicky Barnes was a small-time drug dealer and heroin addict in Harlem when he was sent to prison in 1965. While incarcerated, he beat his own addiction and met Joey Gallo, a member of the Colombo family. Whether Barnes learned the advantages of organizing his criminal activities along corporate lines from Gallo or not is uncertain, but when Barnes was released, he returned to Harlem with a business model in his head. In 1972, Barnes formed a seven-man organization he named the Council. Along the model of the Mafia, Tamora efficiently run narcotics distribution in New York. Eventually, his operations moved into Pennsylvania and across the border into Canada. As with the Mafia, including legitimate businesses to launder money and to mask illegal activities. Barnes was arrested numerous times, evading convictions through bribery and extortion, and earning the nickname Mr. Untouchable. Eventually, he was convicted through federal courts and imprisoned for life without the possibility of parole. Imprisoned, he arranged a deal with prosecutors through which he provided evidence against other members of the council, as well as other illegal activities. Barnes' information led to the conviction of 16 drug traffickers, the indictment of another 28, and implicated himself in eight drug-related murders. Barnes was released from federal custody in 1998 and entered the Federal Witness Protection Program. He's been featured in films including American Gangster in 2007, which he was portrayed by Cuba Gooding Jr. And that is our list of the 10 most infamous American gangsters. Let us know your thoughts on this list by sending us a tweet at TrueCrimeNS or leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. And if you want to support the show, consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash tcns but before we go we'd like to close out with our favorite segment the pod deck segment which we pull a card from the virtual true crime deck featured on the pod deck app which you can download from the app store today's question is what is the one homicide or missing person case that drives you crazy or is on your mind a lot i'm gonna go with uh madeline mccann that and uh Kaylee Anthony. But now we want to know what is the one homicide or missing person case that drives you crazy. Let us know. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Save big on Brunch for Mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.